0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Leeds United Live with myself, Conor McGilligan, your multimedia and podcast producer, and your Leeds United writer, Baron Cross. We are here on Deadline Day to sort of discuss everything going on with Leeds United at the minute, even though there's not that much going on with Leeds United at the minute. But I'm joined uh, by Baron. Baron, how are you doing? Are you okay?
1: yeah i'm good yeah i've um, just had a week off so um it's quite strange sort of taking that week and then coming back and first day back being a deadline day but um it seems like not much is going on which i'm sure will uh, will divide opinion
0: definitely um yeah everybody keep keep getting your comments in i'm sure there's going to be a lot of divided opinions in there tom Gooden's in the building already it's insane that we haven't signed anyone we're going to get into the specifics and as well, guys. Uh, before you sort of uh, you know get into into the in, we get into the stream properly, this will be available on all of your favorite podcast providers as well afterwards if you would like to uh, listen to it. if you are listening on the podcast providers, hello. Um, great commitment uh, to the cause lads, says Marcus May. Thank you very much. Uh, loads of transfers to talk about uh, LOL. Hello, both Simon Reed, uh, Hampshire Whites. So let's let's get into it anyway. So, so we want to get into the the specifics of of the transfer window deadline day. There's 200 of you already in in here, Baron. We're, we're quite popular tonight. And um, so the first question is, of course, what is the updated situation regarding the transfers, Baron?
1: So, um, the window is over for Leeds United. Um, from what we've been told, Leeds United have, have shut off. Everything's closed up Ellen Road. There's nobody there. So, if anybody hasn't read around the subject yet or hadn't worked it out for themselves, there's, um, there's not going to be any shocks, um, as far as we're aware, in the last 50 minutes of the window. So, make of that what you will. I think um, I think even before today, people were making their own minds upon the window. Cause I think it's the, the writing's been on the wall, hasn't it? For the past week to 10 days, really, with the Arons and stuff. And I think it became clear that after that second bid of a reported 20 million pounds, that there wasn't really a great deal of traction beyond that and not a huge amount of progress. And I think people have, have joined the dots for themselves and have, have been hoping that there'd be some, some more business at the last minute. But, mm-hmm. um, as you found out, uh, or as people are about to find out in the next 15 minutes, there will be nobody coming into Ellen Road, at least of a senior persuasion. Obviously, Matteo Joseph came in at the start of the window uh, and he is obviously one for the future, which I'm sure will not appease too many people, but, um, in terms of senior signings, uh, there won't be any. So, I mean, that's kind of the latest situation, which people are already aware of. Um, outgoings, I think Somerville was was the name that had been floated in the last few days by some of the international media with some interest in, in his services, perhaps, and maybe taking a a similar move to the one that Cody Drame made and, and moving out against all the odds. And sort of for those of us sat watching on the club from afar, thinking that it'd be madness to lose anybody. Uh, and in the end, that hasn't happened, I think. Ultimately, there were, there were too many bridges to cross for that move to happen, and ultimately it, it's transfer noise that hasn't really actually escalated into too much. Um, and I think, f- from what we understood, um, if he were to go, that would then mean that, that Leeds could move for somebody out wide. Um, but without that extra body leaving, I don't think there was any chance of, of anybody else coming in other than Aronson, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We're getting a lot of a lot of uh, reaction that's coming in. As I say, guys, make sure you keep getting your, your comments in. Obviously, there's a lot of opinions. Uh, we'll we'll try get to get as many as we can. Joe Connor says a really really poor recruitment both ends, summer and this January. Uh, Afrin has come in and said uh, disappointed, but there are some comments uh, coming in and saying uh, that they are that the that the the squad is too thin potentially, and and some people, it, it does seem barren at the minute that there are several people who are unhappy with the window. And I mean, what what are your general thoughts? How 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 do you feel at, the, at this stage of the, the January transfer window with with everything in compass with with what is going on with Leeds United at the minute?
1: I think, yeah, I think my in my own opinion, I think it is it is frustrating. I think mm. looking at the window coming into it, they're fifteenth in the table. One of the worst injury crises I've ever seen. I mean, I think Bielsa has said himself, you know, he's been in the game for decades and uh, he, he cannot recall anything like this. And I think at a very basic level, you looked at those um, circumstances and you thought, OK, they need to get a body in through the door. I mean, they've, they've been after Cuisson, Lewis O'Brien, Conor Gallagher, Aronson now. And I think that shows or that underlines the general consensus in all quarters that they need a central midfielder. I think that the club's own transfer targets have shown that they know they need one. And you looked at it and thought with with the transfer injury, with the injuries they've had, you thought they've got to go and get somebody in. Um, I've written this in a piece tonight that January doesn't change just because Leeds are where they are on the table. It's still a very, very hard month to do business in. It's still 31 days in which to identify a player that player's got to be better than what Leeds already have, in Marcelo Bielsa's opinion, because Marcelo's opinion is final. And they've got to be at a valuation, which isn't extortionate, remains good value for the club, and isn't eye-wateringly more than what they would pay in the summer, which, mm. in the case of Aronson, looks like possibly the way they've seen it. I think they could have offered more money for Aronson this month, but... They feel that with all those factors thrown into, into a big pot, they feel that it's better to wait for him in the summer. I don't think there's going to be any issues with with Aronson himself as a player and, and personally wanting to come to Leeds. But in terms of negotiating with Salzburg, Leeds clearly believe that a summer move for him is going to make more sense for the club as a whole moving forward. Now, the immediate reaction from a lot of fans will be, OK, well, you know, What's going to happen the next four months? And we may well have needed him for the next four months to fight whatever fires may come. And that's that. That's where I mean, Angus addressed us, didn't he, in his last program notes? He said that he would rather people disagree with the club's transfer policy than misunderstand it. And I think he put himself out there and said that you, know, you can kind of join. The, you could put the names into the program notes yourself. You could see he was saying, "You know, our analysis shows that eight some." eight-figure transfer fees are not necessarily better for the club than the young players that have got coming through. You know, there is an opportunity cost, he said, to moving in January as opposed to moving to the summer. So at the end of the day, they're paid to make these decisions. That's why these people are are in their roles. They're experienced football administrators, in the case of Angus Kinnear, an experienced recruiter, in the case of Victor Orta and a very, very experienced head coach in the shape of Marcelo Bielsa. And ultimately we have to trust them, don't we? Or the fans have to trust them to, to do, to make those decisions and to, to do what they feel is best for the football club. So clearly they feel that they've got enough in the building already to, at the very, very least survive relegation, if not push on up towards mid table and actually bring some respectability to this season. Um, the injuries, I mean, nobody can predict the future, but it, it, common sense would suggest that the injury situation should improve. You know, injuries are going to heal. The they are human beings who are going to recover from their injuries. What we don't know is who else gets new injuries or who else gets re-injured. You know, as as Patrick Bamford has shown, if you had told us, you know, he injured his ankle what, initially at Newcastle in September. And he came back from that injury at Brentford. And then, if you were to then say he would do his hip um, sorry, his hamstring, then do his hip and then do his foot you know, nobody could have predicted that, could they? So, that they clearly believe that they can ride out the injury issues. They feel that enough of the players are going to come back quickly. And Bielsa has said that Shackleton and Cresswell will be back the other side of the international break for sure, has been on the record you know, since the West Ham game, saying that he, he'll he be back for the Villa game. And Firpo, we're led to believe, is fairly similar in terms of severity. Um, and then you're left with Sam Greenwood, who we don't really know too much about, and his, his issue, Bielsa's not really addressed it too much, Same with Somerville, that's not really been addressed too openly by Bielsa. And then Phillips and Cooper are the two long-term ones, and, and Bielsa said that they'd be March. Where, where in some in some instances, it's, it's believed that Phillips could even be sooner than that because of his his injury record. You know he's got a very good track record for recovering quickly. So mm. when you when you consider all those dates and return dates, and you know cross your fingers that there's going to be no other real serious issues, or at least to, in the quantity that there has been, you can see maybe the makings of a sixteen, seventeen-man squad there within a twenty. With with options, crucially on the bench, I think that's the big thing. Is is options off the bench for Marcel? I mean, I think they've they've always pretty much had an eleven, which has at least had you know seven, eight, nine, ten experienced players in it, w- which we trust. But it's when he turns around and looks at the bench, and you know, there's a bunch of teenagers who haven't played in the league. That's where the rub is. So. They Think the injuries are going to improve. They're obviously putting a lot of faith in, in youth, as 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 Angus has said in his program notes. They clearly believe that in the most recent cases that you know Bates and Helder's performances at West Ham in both of the games was enough just to remind them all, you know, just how good some of these young lads are and how they can bridge that gap. Maybe in small bursts, you know, we're not, we're not talking they need to play 30, 35 games. We're talking you know hopefully in best case scenario two or three matches off the bench. We're not saying they need to start five, six, seven, eight matches in a row. And that then feeds into this wider blueprint that the club is pursuing where they're getting these younger players in at lower prices because in four, five, six years, they're hopefully going to be among the best players in the Premier League and you know trying to break into national teams. So this is a part of the wider blueprint and it just it does just mean in these small windows they have to just ride it out and just kind of take the flack that comes their way and they hope that come may they'll be be praised for making the right decisions and, and leads come away from this smelling of
0: roses there's been a particular name that's been linked for the entire window which we've been essentially told has been the the number one target what what happens now with brendan aronson um, Baron, is 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 that something where Leeds will move in the summer? Um, because obviously he as we've just said he was the number one target and and they didn't manage to acquire his services. Do you expect Leeds to go in again for Brendan Aronson? Yeah, I think so. I
1: think that's that's the reading of the situation that we've had. I think that that sums up just how much they like him. I think they found a player there that they, they believe. Tick so many boxes that they wanted to commit to him as as their one and only target this month. And I know people will say, okay, so think Aronson this month, what about option two and option three on auto shortlist? And my own reading, you know, don't know this for a fact, but my own reading would be they like Aronson so much. They want him to have that prospective slot in the squad. They want him to have that shirt. They want him to have that seat in the dressing room in what is a small squad. And they are prepared to wait four or five months to do it because they feel he is so perfect for the system, for the tactics, You know, whether Bielsa stays or not in the summer, they feel he has got the the profile to fit that Leeds United system, which I think we're all expecting won't change drastically once Marcelo goes. You know, if and when that is. So, they clearly have a lot of faith in this in this lad. He's at the right age. He's at the right price. He's at a club that. That does sell players and is attainable to Leeds. you know it's it's a club that would look at leeds as a uh, or players would look at leeds as a step forward from salzburg so it just it just it does tick a lot of boxes the, the great risk now in waiting is of course it's an open market and in the summer mm. leeds united are not the only club with, with scouting software and a recruitment team and they won't you know, clubs across europe will know about brendan Aaronson. i mean they're about to play in the last 16 against bayern munich so by the same token, people these clubs will not will not discover Aronson just because Leeds have liked him this month, you know, before this month, Leeds will not have been the only club that have known about Brendan Aronson. It's not like Leeds have just unearthed Brendan Aronson for the world. So if clubs were going to make a move for him, they were going to they were going to do that before this month or they were planning to before this month. So I think they'll they're obviously going to take their chances, but yeah, I mean to answer your question, I, I firmly believe that he'll be somebody they 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 trace quite hard in the summer and will will have some confidence they can get it done.
0: Because we, we we sort of um, were aware, Baron, of, of the first bid that was rejected, and then the second bid that was put in was it, it went a little bit quiet, didn't it? Was was the mm. sort of a, an understanding that they're just not listening to any bids at all in this window?
1: I think that's the reading of it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was off last week, so I've not I didn't follow particularly closely last week, but yeah, the, the, my reading of the situation is that. The offer's gone in and it's been politely declined and I've likened it a little bit to the Ben White situation. If you remember in in the the summer after we got promoted, uh, they obviously went after Ben White quite hard. They offered big money, would have made him the club's record signing. And ultimately he was under contract at Brighton. And if you've got an under contract player like Aronson, the, the selling club can say what they like. You know, they don't have to sell. So, um, I think it's as simple as that, really. You know, he's under contract. Salzburg don't need to sell, they don't need to raise money. They've got some big games ahead against Bayern Munich. They, they, they're going to win the Austrian Bundesliga with or without Aronson, to be honest. Um, so I think it just it's just a deal that for them would make more sense in the summer. But you know, that's not saying they're going to make it easy for Leeds in the summer.
0: And it's interesting, isn't it? Because what we've just been speaking about there is 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 the injuries healing up and that. Seems incredible, Baron. Uh, that seems a very exciting prospect because, I mean, me and, and Rob Mulholland, who was part of the fan view earlier on in our stream, yeah, were discussing this and, and Rob alluded to it and said, look, if a start in 11, we've got a very, very competitive start in 11, but we, we barely get close to that often, do we? And, and it would just be great to even have 75, 80% of that that starting eleven back again regularly, consistently. And it is almost a situation where I think a lot of Leeds fans are thinking at the minute that maybe Bamford does heal all.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, he that was the takeaway from Newcastle, wasn't it? I think the big thought we all had was we we're missing a number nine. And and Patrick's been missed for a lot of this season, but in that game in particular, he came away thinking, imagine the chances that he'd have put away in that first half an hour where they were so dominant. Um I
0: mean, it's amazing. He's had five starts this season. I know. I mean, that's just it's a crazy start when you're. I think think actually now Robin Cock has started as many games as him, which is crazy. Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because it was the start of the season, it kind of felt like he played quite a decent portion before he got injured. But obviously, Newcastle was quite early in the season and um, Mm. he's a miss for so long. But yeah, I I think. I don't know if the question was lost in translation, but if, if anybody hasn't followed it or, or had, didn't read the transcript, but the, the last question of the post-match press conference against Newcastle was was about Bamford. And Bielsa almost seems to suggest that he wasn't actually that confident Bamford would even be ready for Villa. So whether that means he's not confident Bamford's going to be in training by then or fit enough to play Villa or fit enough to make an impact. So, I mean, there's, there's various ways he could have read that question. And I think we're all hoping that he means that he'll be ready to play, but maybe not ready to make that impact. You know, we all meet, we all know you need sharpness to make an impact, and you, mm-hmm. you need a few matches to get going under Bielsa. So we'll have to see what he means, um, but hopefully it really isn't a serious one, as as you've suggested there. Because I think Bamford is going to be—he's one of the big misses, isn't he? Because I think you know Foreshaw sure is, is incredibly soft on that blow of Phillips. I mean, what what a player Foreshaw sure has proved to be, and and so important mm-hmm. and. And even at centre back now, I mean, I think Cooper has his strengths. And this is this is becoming a bit of an age-old debate now among League United fans as to who the best two centre backs are. And I think Cooper does have his place and I think Cooper does have a lot of strengths. But whilst he's injured, Urente and Stroy are more than good enough to to soften that blow. So I think I think you're probably right. Bamford is the one that we feel like we're missing at the moment. But I don't know if that's because the Newcastle game is so is so recent in our minds.
0: and mm. um- as well, there's been a lot of discussion about the movement in the summer, and we've just we've just um, sort of discussed Brendan Aronson there. But uh, there are a lot of fans saying, you know, that 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 they're gonna there's gonna have to be not an overhaul as such, because I don't think any of us expect that to be honest with you in the summer, especially if Marcelo is still here. But yeah. are you expecting sort of a large amount of business? Do you think in Baron or is it going to be sort of a, a minimalistic approach again? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's hard to predict the future, isn't it? It's hard to, I mean, how long's a piece of string? I think there's, there's so many factors that go into one transfer, let alone five, six or seven. I think you certainly have to look at this season up to now and barring some, I mean, to be fair, they did last season. I mean, if they finish this season like they finished last season, then the conversation is going to change entirely. But hmm. if we expect them to finish, you know, between 11th and 16th, I think a lot of fans will be will be okay with that. I think, if anything, they've got the two last two seasons mixed up, haven't they? I think we expected a season like this one last year and they may be kicking on to ninth place yeah. this season. But as it is, they've 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 set the bar so high last season that a lot of expectations are quite warped by that. And I think we maybe expect a bit too much at times. I mean, and that's, that's with a fully fit squad. I mean, think about the injuries they've had. I mean, it really has been such a bizarre season and it's so hard to draw any really meaningful conclusions of the injuries they've had it hasn't been they haven't had a fair crack at it if you you like so marcelo of course is the key i think whatever marcelo decides to do is going to be absolutely paramount to to what else they do with the squad if we assume he's going to stick around for another season then of course that does then change opinions on some players because we know he has his favorites and, and we know he has a lot of faith in those players that have been here since the start so in terms of contract expiry date, so for sure was the only one that was outstanding and that's now been resolved now. So there are no players coming into this summer that we know are definitely going to go from a senior point of view. So they're all under contract. So if they're going to go, it's going to be the club's decision or a player asking to leave, which as we know with, with Trame can, can turn heads when it comes to Bielsa. So the ages, I mean, we're all getting older. I mean, I'm amazed. I mean, I'm mean, older than, than, than quite a few of the Leeds players, which blows my mind, but... Um, they are all getting a year older as each summer goes by and ultimately players do have a shelf life, don't they? As much as they are loved by the fans and and their careers are respected and the impact they've made at Leeds United, every player does have a shelf life. So you do look at, and quite a few of them are now sort of between that 29 and 32 mm. age bracket, aren't they? So they are, they are still technically in their prime, but next season and the season after that, in the modern game, you know, these players... Between nineteen and twenty-five are the target market, aren't they? You look at Aronson; you know he's twenty-four. Rafinha was was young and in that age bracket when he was brought in. Robin Cock. So at some point there will be that jump, and it depends how gradual they want to make it. And I'm sure Victor will want to make it more gradual than drastic. I don't think it doesn't strike me as a particularly sound business model to get rid of eight nine players and bring another eight or nine in, um, mm. unless you absolutely have to. So I'm sure there will be a gradual progression, but. To try and get into your question specifically, I mean, I, I can't predict how many there will be, but I think given the way this season has gone and the way some players have performed, providing Bielsa stays or goes, I think that's that's going to be the big deciding factor. But yeah, I think they they this season must have been a bit of a wake-up
0: call and making them realise they can't afford to stand still in the summer, you would hope. Mm, it's interesting what you say there about expectation, because if Leeds had finished in the sort of 16th, Position in the first season and then ninth yeah. in the second season, it, the whole the whole notion changes, doesn't it? It's fascinating how football works.
1: Yeah, and imagine if they finished last season sixteenth with the squad they had, and they were they were matching that this season with half the squad out. I mean, people would be people would mm. be in awe, wouldn't they, to be sixteenth mm. now and matching last season with with half the squad. So it, yeah, it is amazing how it changes. But you know, last season was was spectacular, wasn't it? I mean, it was an incredible campaign, especially the last eleven games.
0: I guess the takeaway from this window, Baron, and, and we, we we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we've still got half an hour to go till the window's shut. But uh, the team's in and around Leeds. Obviously, we've we've had Burnley make uh, some moves. Newcastle, obviously, bring Gameresh in, which has been, a, it looks like, a bit of a phenomenal signing, to be quite honest with you. Um, Norwich, self-sustainable club. So then they obviously have to get rid of a player to bring one in. So they haven't done any business. Leeds sort of falling into that bracket as well. Um, amongst some other clubs, there. What, what's been your What's been your general take on it altogether? Do you think it's teams of? Are you going to tell me Newcastle have just signed someone here? Or... <laughs> no, no. I was
1: just I was just assessing the league table as you went through the teams, and my eye caught Brentford, and I've just realised they signed Christian Eriksen Yeah, which, Christian Eriksen made me smile yeah. a bit. I mean, which yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and Everton have obviously gone and got Van der Beek today. I mean, mm. I've got Sky Sports news on. It looks like Ali will get done there. So I mean. Yeah. Delhi Ali and Donny van der Beek are moving for a reason. It's because they haven't made an impact to their clubs. So we'll have to wait and see where they actually can make an impact at Everton. And you know, we'll always have to see what Frank Lampard does at, at Everton. But yeah, I mean, looking at that bottom six or seven, yeah, Burnley have gone and got Veghorst from, from Germany. He's 29, he's six foot six. I mean, could you have, could you have drawn a better, <laughs> better strike of a Burnley, a six foot six battering ram from Germany? So yeah. Um, the jury's got to be out on him though i mean as we have seen with many strikers in recent years i mean just one that's come to my mind for some reason sebastian haller went to west ham was absolute was virtually useless at west ham and he's gone back to um, he's gone back to the continent with ajax and he's absolutely slaughtering defenses over there so it does show that just because you score goals on the continent doesn't mean you're going to do it over here so i mean veghorst could be an absolute failure a real flop yeah. at burnley we just we just don't know it's an unknown quantity and a risk they've taken because they had to take it because they've obviously lost chris wood Watford just seem like they're in absolute utter turmoil. I mean, Roy Hodgson is just going to go in there and play 4-4-2, isn't he, and just try and grind out 1-0s or 0-0s, nil isn't he? So I mean, they've got they've got weapons Watford, but they're 19th for a reason, and I just wonder if they've got the backbone to do it. Um they've done a bit of business, haven't they, but it's it's classic Watford business. It's it's unknown quantities that could go brilliantly or could go really badly. Newcastle's, I mean, we don't really talk about Newcastle. I think we all we all know what's gone on there. They've just completely redrawn the balance of their squad entirely and they've just got to hope that they're not like another qpr i mean if anybody remembers when qpr we're, were down there i think it was 2013 and they signed christopher samba loic remy players like that and the single. It just didn't work yeah, yeah they, they were just a bunch of mercenaries they didn't match match up with the existing squad there was a massive wage disparity and it just it was just toxic and, and that just didn't work at all for them so newcastle will be hoping that it does work for them um and then yeah norwich i mean if Leeds fans are worried, I mean, imagine how Norwich fans are feeling. I mean, they've they've just got a win under their belts, but like like you've already alluded to, they've not strengthened at all. Yeah. So they're putting everything on Dean Smith to work some miracles there and try and build some momentum. Everton have said, you know, Lampard, Van der Beek, and Ali—they they're taking a shot at it, and they've got to hope that all those various parts come together. You you on paper, you would think Everton should have enough, don't you? I mean. Coming into the season, nobody expected them to get relegated, did they? I mean, when you actually look at the quality they've got on paper, so you would think Everton should be okay. And then, I mean, Brentford were the ones I, th- I felt would would drop like a stone at some point. And I mean, we all know about Ericsson's recent history. It's a gamble. It's got to be. You know, he hasn't. Mm. I think Thomas Frank was saying today he's not trained with a with a professional team. You know, since the summer, he's been doing a lot of work on his own. But but that's going to be a bit of a jump for him. To, to go from doing nothing to playing in the Premier League so they've got to hope that works for them and then you're getting up towards sort of Palace, Southampton, Villa and I think they should be okay I think yeah. um so I think you're looking at, at Newcastle really I've got the best chance of really rocketing away from it if they, if they can make it work with their investments um and obviously Everton with with Lampard they've got to hope they get a new manager bounce
0: mm, it's going to be interesting as well isn't it the uh elsa and villa, and everton, villa, villa and everton next for Leeds, isn't
1: it i mean big yeah
0: <laughs> gerard and lampard so should be very interesting uh we'll we'll all we'll obviously be covering that uh on leeds hyphen live go check that one out but baron thank you so much for joining me Um everybody in the comment section Keep getting your comments in. We can read them after the video. Uh, If you've just joined, you can watch this on the playback as well. If you are listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, hello, thank you for tuning in. Um, And we're going to leave it there. So thank you ever so much and we will see you in a bit. Cheers. Cheers, folks.